Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. All right, we've been talking a lot about oikos, ecclesia, oikodomeo, like all these Greek words, right? Hopefully, hopefully these things are getting ingrained in you, but um, for those of you who are visiting, uh, we, we've, been, we've been spending some time the last several weeks just learning about God's version of the church and what he, how he perceives his church to be. And so we want to we get God's understanding of things that uh, I think religion has tried to program us and teach us how it thinks things are, and we want to see what God thinks things are. Amen? So I'm going to dive in, and, and then we're, gonna, we're just going to keep building on this. I've been um, repeating this same verse many times. You guys probably know it by heart by now. Uh, Matthew 16, 18, um, Jesus was speaking to Peter, who had just declared by revelation from the Father that Jesus is the, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so Jesus responded to him, and he said, I, will say to you, I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And he says, I will build my ecclesia. And we've been talking lately about that word build is the Greek word oikodomeo. And that Greek word oikodomeo, I'm just doing, uh, you guys are hearing me say these things over and over. So I'm kneading the dough. I'm trying to get, this, to get the leaven of heaven spreading through the, 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 the lump. You guys are a big lump, all right? I'm just joking. You're not. Oikodomeo. Thank you, brother. A heaven lump, man. It's a heaven lump. We're all clay in God's hands, right? Oikodomeo means to build. So Jesus said, I will build my church. I will oikodomeo my church. Oikodomeo means to build. It means to strengthen and to build up. All right? And, but it comes from the Greek words doma. Doma means roof. And oikos is the other word. Oikos means house, means household, means family. So when Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, I'm going to oikodomeo my church, what he's actually saying is in those words oikos and doma, I'm going to build a family, because that word oikos means family. I'm going to build a family, and I'm going to build a shelter over my family. That's build, oikodomeo. And, and I'm going to call this my church. So when Jesus is talking about his church, he literally sees his church as his family. Hallelujah. Isn't that cool? All right, so, but last week, the focus of the word oikodomeo expanded the definition. It's not just to build or to strengthen or to build up, but it actually also means to edify. So we hear that word a lot in the New Testament, to edify one another, to comfort and edify one another. And that word edify is the word oikodomeo. So to God, the word oikodomeo when he's saying to edify one another, he literally sees our edification as building with Jesus, building his oikos, building his family, strengthening and building one another up in a way that, that creates the family of God and the structure of, of God's kingdom so that he can call it his church. So we edify one another. We're, we're literally, if we're truly doing true edification, it's partnership with Jesus building his church. I think that's pretty incredible. Don't you? And so um, <clears throat> that passage in Ephesians 4, which is such a profound um, passage about, starts off talking about the, the fivefold giftings. Um, and, and I'll just read a couple of the verses out of there. We, we read this last week. I'm not going to read the entire thing this time. Um, but it starts off, it says that Jesus gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. That's what we call the fivefold giftings, right? And the reason he gave them is for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So it's not just to, the end goal of God bringing the fivefold is not so that they will be the ministers that do all the ministering. He actually puts, this, puts us, I'm going to call myself that, us in place 
not just to do all the ministering, but to train and equip y'all how to do the ministry. Amen? So it's supposed to be a collaborative ministry, all right? So, so that's what it's for, and it says, it says that he put these people in there, he gave these people for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. So you get apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It's to train and equip people how to do ministry, but it also is to edify. It's the same word, oikodomeo. So the Lord literally uses his ministers to partner with Jesus when he says, I'm going to build my church on this rock, on this revelation of Jesus Christ, the, the son of the living God. All right? You guys know that revelation is like the most basic revelation you need just to receive salvation. So like Jesus is literally saying, I'm going to build my family. I'm going to build my church. It doesn't have to be on all the excellent things. It's simple. I just need you to believe in me and be saved and come together around me. And I got my church. Hallelujah. I think, I think we've complicated things way too much. The simple form, you boil it down to the simple form, Jesus got his church. When he has believers who have been born again, they come together in unity, focused on Jesus and who he is. It's simple. He's got his church. Hallelujah. Probably should stop throwing stones at all the things that we say doesn't look like the church because he's got his church just by born-again believers coming together in unity, focused on him. That's pretty awesome. All right, so we've been going after this stuff. All right, but, but the, the fivefold for the, the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the building up, for the strengthening, for the, for the partnering with Jesus in building his church. It's, it's all the same thing, edifying. We're going to edify one another, and it's, it's, re, it's building reinforcements into one another's spiritual lives with Jesus Christ. Pretty cool. And so that whole passage, it, it, it really, it paints this incredible picture of Jesus' vision for his body, for his church, growing up into this mighty, powerful, healthy, unified body of Jesus Christ. And, and it says it's going to come into the fullness of God, into the fullness of the headship of Jesus Christ. And I said last week that the body of Christ, Jesus is not coming back to a body where he's going to be a bobblehead. Because he's, he's big and mighty, but the, but the church is anemic and weak. And he's like, he comes back and puts the head on the church and he's like this. Because the, the church isn't strong enough to support it. So it's like thin and big, right? That's not what he's coming back to. He's coming, he's coming back to a church that's mighty and strong and glorious that matches the head. Hallelujah. And so we're not there right now, but instead of us looking at where we're failing, we've got to look at it more like this is an amazing trajectory of where we're headed to. So instead of, instead of throwing stones at, well, we suck because we've we're, we got this problem and that. No, no, no. Jesus is doing a mighty work, building his church, and he's taking us somewhere, and it's going to look like that. We're on our way. Hallelujah. All right, so that section closes out with verse 15 and 16, and it's talking about y'all. It's talking about all of us, right? It says, but speaking the truth in love, uh, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from, him, from whom the whole body, okay, not just the fivefold, it's not just the people leading and, and doing that stuff, it's the whole body is joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Everybody say, every joint supplies. According to the effective working by which every part does its share. Everybody say, every part does its share. Do you think that in the body of Christ that every joint is currently supplying? Sorry, but it's not. Do you think that every part in the body of Christ is doing its share. Sorry, but it's not. But I believe it's going to. And, that, and again, we're not throwing stones. We're, we're, we're not tearing down one another. We're building up. So instead of looking at all the things that are flaws and failing and where people aren't measuring up, we gotta, instead we've got to edify it. 
We got to speak truth and love. We got to build it up. We got to encourage one another. We got to help people see you have an important part in this. God's depending on you to, for his dream to be fulfilled. It needs every joint supplying its part. It needs every part showing up and doing its share. That should make you happy because it means that God has actually written into your DNA of your spirituality that, you have, that you're part of the solution to God's big dreams. Every part, every person has an important place in the body of Jesus Christ. All right, and it says that uh, it says it causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So the edifying is not just the responsibility of the people who lead the the churches or whatever, like the the people who are the fivefold. It's not just their responsibility; it's everybody's responsibility to be edifying one another because we're in doing so we're edifying the body together edifying it's a it doesn't happen by accident it doesn't happen by just hoping that something good is going to land on you like it, it takes in, it takes intentionality it takes investment it takes purpose-filled action with one another i'm going to choose to edify the people around me i'm going to choose to perceive them as god's dream I'm going to choose to perceive them that they have something that needs to be contributed for the whole body of Jesus Christ to get whole and healthy. I'm going to choose to believe that each person is significant to the big picture. I'm going to choose to not just let everybody else be dormant because they're either because of their lazy, fearful, or passive, or whatever it might be. I'm going to choose to, to honor the Lord so much that I'm going to actually try to inspire those around me to rise up and be everything that God's called them to be. Edification, that's what that is. Come on. We're partnering with Jesus and building his church. And I say this often, but one of the most powerful things that you can experience in your Christian walk is coming into a revelation of your identity in Jesus Christ. It first comes from a revelation of who God is and how good he is to you as an individual. And when you can realize how amazing God's love is and how good he is to you and how great, how much he loves you, then, then at that point, you got to look at that and say, okay, I need to actually receive this. I need to take a look at me and see who he thinks I am. I need to take a look at me and see what he's trying to bestow on me. I, I got to, if I want to love God well, I've got to learn how to love me well too because he's trying to gift his love to me and I need to be okay to receive that and not always just think i got to dish this out to somebody else because they need it more than me. Oh, really? I don't think so. Jesus didn't die on the cross for that other person through you. He died on the cross for you. And then the other person can be reached out through you too. But it starts with you, and then it goes to the others. So revelation of your identity, when you, when you understand everything that Jesus died on the cross to put in you, that's the greatest gift to God you could ever give him, is to come into a realization of your identity and then live it out. Because when you live it out and you come into the fullness of all that God has put in you, because he thinks you're greater than you ever thought about yourself, by the way. Like Jesus, when he's, when he's looking at your identity, he actually looks in you and sees the, the same spirit of Jesus Christ in you. Not because you deserved it. That's the free gift of it. You don't deserve it on your own, but he gifted himself to you, and then he put himself into your identity, so you're one with him, and then it's Jesus' power. It's his love in you, and it's no longer about you anymore. It's about Jesus in you. And you get to then be called up into this higher place of living because you're not just living on your own strength anymore. You're living by the grace of God's love, God's power, God's wisdom, and then it can flow through your life and you shift into that. We become transformed into everything that Jesus died for us to become. You're sons and daughters of the living God. Hallelujah. The, the, the Christ, you know, the, 
Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus dies on the cross, and he says, now you're one with the Christ. Now you're a son of the living God. Now you're a daughter of the living God. Hallelujah. Identity. The more we come into that reality, the more we can live from the inside out that way. And so we, we need, with identity, we need revelation of who we are. But then we need to follow it through with validation. So you don't, you don't just try to get concepts and know them. It has to be validated over and over and over. Because your life in the world around you will not validate your identity. So we need to be proactive in validating and declaring it over ourselves and, and renewing our mind over and over and over. That's validating our identity. Amen? All right? But then through that comes transformation. So we start out with revelation, and then we, we take responsibility to do validation, and that actually produces transformation. Where your life actually starts living and behaving accordingly to who God says that you are. Okay? But then, but then we, we can't just have this thing happening where we're believing it. It, it, need, it doesn't just need revelation and validation and transformation. It needs action. Okay? It needs action. It means that we, we actually need to behave according to who we believe that we are. All right. We talk a lot about identity. But, but we've got to shift it to where it's not just about us all the time. And that, that's, I think that a lot of people have come into identity revelation, but they, they didn't realize that that's just the starting point. That's not the ending point. Because Jesus said, uh, he said, love your neighbor as yourself. We do need to love ourselves well the way he loves us, but then we need to gift that out to those around us. Love our neighbor as ourself. Amen? And Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. So as you receive, share it with other people. He wants us to, he wants us to be very intentional, to, to view those around us. So I want you guys to take a second. We do this sometimes. Look around the room and look people in the eye. I just want, I'm serious. I know it's so awkward. Awkward sometimes is a good thing, but look at people in the eye and just realize there's living beings around you right now. Living beings. Like sometimes we get so tunnel vision with our own idea that we forget to actually like engage our heart into the people around us and to take a view into them. And the Lord wants us to get really good at, at piercing past the surface level of people, seeing in the spirit, seeing the heart, remembering that person has a life, that person has a history. That person has a destiny. That person has struggles. That person needs a breakthrough. Amen? That person needs edified. That person needs strengthened. How many of you guys could say that you, you have ever experienced where, where you, maybe your life was able to shift, maybe get you over a hump of something when somebody else came along and saw greatness in you and encouraged you? Where maybe if they didn't do that, you might have just stayed stuck there. How many of you guys have ever experienced that? Look at that. See how that works? Like it literally worked for you. So give that away to others too. They need it. We all need it. Amen? So we just have to remember it's not just about us. So we need to, we need to be intentional about drawing out one another's identities. Okay? Uh, the asking Holy Spirit to show me, like, who, like, what did you do when you died on the cross and resurrected and they were born again and you put your spirit in them? Like, what, who, who are you in them now? What, like, you, you have given the free gift of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. How can I view this person as a, a, a bearer of the righteousness of Jesus Christ? That's not contingent on their most recent behavior that you maybe witnessed or didn't. But it was a free gift of Jesus. How can I look at this person 
and, and, and recognize that, that God's grace, the, the divine favor and empowerment to do the things that we don't have the ability to do on our own, how can I look at them and see that God's grace is actually available to them because he's made them, you know, he's, they're born again. How can I look at this person and, and in the spirit study them that they are truly a son or a daughter of the king of kings? Where I'm not just focusing on me getting this, but now I'm giving the gift to one another. Not at a surface level, but actually trying to go past that and then connect to it at a heart level. That's kingdom. Hallelujah. So, so we need to ask the Lord to help us have the revelation of one another's identities in Christ. And, and then to find out how can I bring validation to them in that. How can I declare that into them? How can I encourage that in them? How can I help them to, to see how that fits with their current situation? so that I can sow into their transformation process. Action. How can I, how can I be, behave towards them to treat them according to the, the identity that maybe they haven't even come into yet? Amen? And I said this last week, edification, you know, because that's, that's oikodomeo, that's building one another with Jesus Christ and, his, and the work he's doing in them and in his church. Edification, Let, let's be proactive to seek the answers to these questions right here. What can I do to help reinforce the work of Christ within you and within the church family? Like, how, how can I partner with Jesus' work in your life? How can I partner with what Jesus is building right here in the church? that's oikodomeo, that's edification, all right? How can I aim you, help, how can I help aim you into your identity growth and into the grace of God that he wants to flow into your life? How can I help you get further into God's graces and blessings on your life? Come on. You guys hearing me? Like this is Jesus showing us how to love one another well laying our lives down for one another. Jesus said, no greater love has anyone than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. And, and it's like we, we get so focused on how am I going to build my life better? And he's like, well, how are you going to choose somebody else above yourself for a moment? Amen? How are we doing right now? Are we good? How can I help aim the church in towards its identity growth and towards the, the destiny and the vision that God has for the church? How can I invest myself to help partnering with the, the building of Jesus of what he has planned to do to help the church come into the greater graces of God flowing into it? How can I be a part of the bigger solution? It's a good question. I, I, I saw a meme on Facebook this week, and it says this. You guys may have heard this. In Mark 2, Jesus healed a paralyzed man because of his friend's faith. This is why your circle matters. That's powerful. So the question is, like, I, I get it that you want to have faith for you to get your breakthrough. Do you have that kind of love for the people around you that you are a part of their breakthrough? By, by human nature, we are selfish people. But guess what? God has given us a new nature. A new creation nature. That's not the nature of those of this world. It's the nature of a Christ who, who died on a cross for everybody else's benefit, not for his own. 
He wants us to live from His Spirit, not from the spirit of this world. It's self-focused. <laughs> Let the Holy Spirit convict your heart if it needs to, if it needs to be convicted. Amen? All right, so here at Overflow, we want to create a family with a culture that meets these needs. I'm going to say these, and I'm going to speak them out from my spirit. I want you guys to jump in with me, all right? I want, we want to create a culture in this family where, where, we, are, where we, are, we know one another and we're known by one another. Where we celebrate and are celebrated. Celebrate one another and are celebrated by one another. Where we champion one another. Where we call one another higher. Where we declare one another's identity. I don't mean just knowing it, but actually declaring it. And affirm one another's significance. Where we challenge one another to grow. Come on. Where we know, sorry, we own, not know, we own one another's breakthroughs. Whoa. That takes some sacrifice right there. I want to own your breakthrough. Come on. Everybody say that. I want to own my brother and sister's breakthroughs. That's what church looks like, guys. Seriously. Not this religious thing that has happened over the, over the centuries. It's just about do, doing your services. No, this is about investing our lives in one another in the name of Jesus Christ. That we would pray for one another and lift one another up. That we would hold one another accountable for the right things. Whoa, that's lacking in the church. So needed. Hold one another accountable. Accountability is hugely needed. And it's one of the most avoided things. People are afraid of somebody knowing me, knowing my weaknesses. You know the most courageous people, the, most, the, the, the greatest people are the ones who are willing to actually allow somebody to know their weaknesses. The strongest people are, are okay not being perfect and then having, I don't mean everybody, but the right people, knowing them and in their weaknesses, not, not so that they can justify them and not so that they can, um, you know, like, I don't know what I was going to say, <laughs> but exposing the weaknesses on purpose so that we can cover one another. And build one another up. Edify. I, I'm weak in this area. I need you to come into my life and oikodomeo me, where I could potentially fail. I need you to come and build me up to help me succeed in an area that I might tend to fall. So I need you to know this about my life. Come on. Doesn't mean you have to go do this to everybody in the whole church or the world. Like that could be dangerous. <laughs> because there's a lot of stone throwers out there, but finding the people who are going to actually love you unconditionally. Like if we could be people that can truly know one another after the spirit and not after the flesh and say, I know you got that weakness because you were gracious in, in revealing it to me. I also know that weakness is not who you are. And, and as a matter of fact, I know that's not who you are, and I'm committed to you to help you overcoming that thing so you can enter into the grace of God that will help you become powerful and mighty and conquer that thing. That's oikos. That's oikodomeo, that I want to invest myself into you becoming strong enough to overcome your obstacles and your weaknesses. I want to invest me into you getting your breakthrough. And I need you to do that for me. 
God never intended us to do this Christianity thing on our own. <laughs> he needs us to have one another's backs. That's oikodomeo. Come on. And then let me say this too. Accountability is so important. You know, there, there's... I'll probably talk about this in some time in the future, but but we we it's almost like every other month you hear of some big name preacher that is known around the world, then you find out, oh man, they've been committing adultery and it's been for decades. That only happens when people keep it secret, when people don't let accountability come around their life to help cover one another in our weaknesses. It's actually so crucial. Jesus is, is actually, he's trying to clean house in his church. And, and people think it's the judgment of God coming on it. No, it's actually the mercy of God. He's trying to actually expose things not to condemn, but to help people come into the light and get healed and repent. And we all need to respond to that. Because every person has something that we could be prone to fail in if we, if we don't have the grace of God covering it. And accountability is so huge. We need to have people in our life that know us in our strength and in our weakness. So accountability, it's, it's actually there to help us in our failures and weaknesses, and it needs to be done through love and through belief in who we really are, that we're not, identi we're not identified by our behaviors but by the work of Christ but to call our behaviors into alignment with who we are accountability and, and with a heart that believes in a person so much that it can say I know that you're actually better than this not to shame but to call higher I know you can you can conquer this you're better than this because I know what Jesus did in you and I'm here to help remind you of who you are so that when you get prone to do that thing in the future, you're going to remember who you are and conquer it. This is an awesome message, guys. In Romans 12, 15, 16, it says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That means you got to be aware of people. That means you have to know what's going on past the surface and get in there and actually care for them in that place, right where they're at, whether, whether it's celebrating with them or mourning with them or whatever it might be, that we love somebody so much, I'm going to put my current need aside and come into your need so I can bring a support system to you. I'm not just talking about my concepts, this is actually Bible. <laughs> God's idea, and he's pretty serious about this. Amen? I want to share with you uh, a couple of different times in my life when my life was impacted by my community. It's been, it's, there's, I could say many, many things about this because I am getting older by the year and have more history behind me now, but we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that I'm 29 years old and have that much history behind me. Okay, I lied. Forgive me, Lord. <clears throat> All right, I want, I want to share with you a little bit of testimony about, about how communities impacted my life. Now, and sometimes... Sometimes other people are going to be used by God to help make this happen for you. And sometimes God's going to be like, no, you're going to need to be responsible to make this happen for you. Okay? When I was um, 15, I was in ninth grade, I think. I think that was around that age. And <clears throat> I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit that summer before that, which was awesome. But I, I still had some worldliness um, in me that God needed to work out of me, and so he, he actually let some humbling happen to me, and, and so that year in the second semester, the, the Lord, I, I'm not going to go into all the details, I'd be glad to sometime, but just for time's sake, 
Um, the Lord allowed me to start getting picked on in a severe way. Like it, like it, was, it was excruciating. I got bullied at school, and, I, and people were shoving me into lockers, knocking my, my stack of about 30 books in my arm on the floor. Why, why didn't I have a backpack? I don't know. They, they'd knock them out, and then they'd kick them down, and then everybody'd stampede all over my stuff. And, and they tried to beat me up a few times. It, just, it was horrible. I hated going to school every day. And so the, but the Lord was trying to do something new in my life. And, and so he, he captured my heart um, one, one day deep into the second semester and started drawing me into him. That's another part of my testimony for another time. But, but he started doing something in my heart, and, and he started just showing me how much he loves me. And it was around the end of the school year that I, I realized I needed to start going to youth group because I didn't go. Uh, the kids in the youth group went to a, a different school district than mine, so um, I didn't really have much connection to them, but I felt like I needed to go to youth group, and so I started going to youth group, and and the youth leader, name was Mick Ireton, um, he looked like Jesus, <clears throat> and he was amazing, and he, he and his wife loved me really well, and and they started just speaking into me. That they believe in me, like, it, and I'm like, I'm going to school every day, hiding from everybody else, and I was, a, I was terrified every day. I hated getting on the bus because the biggest bullies were on my bus route. <laughs> Can you believe that? And so it just was horrible. But, but, but when I go to youth group, I felt celebrated, I felt cared for, I felt loved and believed in. And Mick would speak into my life, and he'd be like, Jesse, God's got a calling on your life. He'd be like, Jesse, you, you can, you're going to change this world for Jesus. He'd just start speaking that stuff. Nobody else was speaking anything except how, how stupid I was or how terrible I was with sports or whatever. Just a bunch of degrading remarks. But he was, he, he was speaking life into me. He was speaking belief. And, and I started having this shift in me, and I started realizing, man, maybe God sees me differently than I see myself. Maybe God's believes in me differently than all those other kids at school do. And, and my youth group kids, would, they, they were fired up for Jesus, and they started speaking these things to me as well. And I was like, whoa, you mean, you mean young people can also think greatly of me as well? And, and so that summer, my parents really felt like they saw God was doing something powerful in the youth group with me and my sister Amy and so they felt like God actually told them that we needed to move so we could go to a different, the, the other school district where they're at. And so once we, we did that over the summer, and my tribe became my youth group. That was my tribe. And, the, and we, like I was growing. But the Lord was, was healing me of brokenness and depression and all that stuff you know, just feeling rejected, and I'm starting to feel loved and celebrated and cared for. And so he was started building this community around me that was being a, a reinforcement to me and lifting me up and edifying me. It was oikodomeo. It was, it was strengthening me and giving me a foundation in the Lord. Yes. And so the, I was inspired by Mick and by the youth group to go all the way with the Lord and, and so Mick was an evangelist, and he even took us out um, preaching on the streets sometimes and just taking the gospel out. And we, I mean, we, we went and preached to gang members and people who were cruising down the street and passing out drugs and prostitutes, all that kind of stuff. And we'd go to nursing homes too, kind of polar opposite. And, and we tried to raise people from the dead. It was crazy. Like literally, there was this kid that, that died, and then there's a funeral, and we went to the funeral because we, we thought God was going to raise that person from the dead. That's awesome. He, he didn't raise from the dead, but what's awesome is a community of people who dare to believe that God would do crazy, amazing things, and collectively together in a community, we're like, we can do this. Let's do this. We're believing. And there was Mick the whole way. You guys can do this. Go do it. And Mick was celebrating us. And we had a vision to see our school have revival and for the whole school to get saved. 
We believed for that, and we were evangelizing, and people were getting saved, and God was moving, but we also got persecuted, and Mick was championing us the whole way, and we would get persecuted, and that one time, some of my friends in the youth group were preaching outside of the gym, and other kids started throwing rocks at them, and they, they went back to Mick, and they're like, we got stoned for Jesus. <laughs> it was amazing, and Mick literally... Had a, he actually had had a trophy that he was planning on buying for anybody who ever got punched in the face for the gospel. I, I, that might sound crazy to you, but I want to tell you, it was powerful because he cultivated in us a value for the kingdom of God at all costs. There's celebration and there's belief in one another. And it, and it stimulated strength amongst one another. And, and that was just crazy powerful. And, and it creates a, a, a crucial support system. Amen? And every time that we got um, persecuted, we'd go back as a youth group and we'd, sh we'd report it. And then we'd celebrate Thank you, Lord, for giving us the boldness. Thank you, Lord. Give us more boldness. And we got filled with the Spirit, just like an axe. Got full, filled with boldness and went back out and kept doing it more and more. Do you think that kind of strength would have happened just by one person trying to do it on their own? I'm not saying it can't, but I'm saying that that community does something that changes a life. And my life was forever changed because of my time in my youth group. Come on. And, and I actually want to say this for us right now. We have a youth group here. I want you to hear this. This is for anybody who's a parent or a youth, but it's also for everybody else because we need to grab the hold of this together by faith. God wants to bring revival to our youth. He wants to bring revival to our church. All right, but I want you guys to hear some stuff. Parents, you need to do everything you can to get your kids to youth group. All right? It shouldn't be an easy decision to let them miss youth group. That should be a hard decision. It should be like when there's a family event or a sporting event or whatever that lands. I'm not saying that there's not times when it's reasonable. I'm just saying it should be such a high priority. I need my kids to be in youth should be such a high priority that I actually have a conflict within myself. Man, I, I know this thing that we need to do is important, but man, that's so important, and this is going to pull them away. If we can see the eternal value in what God's doing, it'll help us determine how we're going to prioritize decisions. You guys, I'm serious about this. It can either be, oh, man, this is a conflict, or it can be, oh, it's just youth group, not a biggie. It's a biggie. It's a big deal. My youth group experience literally altered the entire rest of my life. Right now, I stand here because of my time in my youth group. So important. I want you guys to hear this. My, my dad always made sure to prioritize my time at youth group or my time with Mick Ireton, he, he would never build something into our life that would cause us to miss that, all right? And so when, and I used to be a youth pastor, and in our church, the, 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 there's, there's a lot of unity and excitement and belief in this thing, and the parents were so supportive, and I don't even just mean the parents of the kids, but even the rest of the church, so supportive in what we were doing as a youth group, they were so behind our vision to see God move and bring revival that the entire church was like excited to hear what God was doing in youth. And, and people would invest time and money or whatever the youth needed to see things happen. And we, we used to go to this youth conference every year called Acquire the Fire. Has anybody ever heard of that with Ron Luce? And we did that every year. And People were so behind that, literally one year, somebody decided that they wanted to show how supportive they were to our youth group out of their own money. They, they rented a charter bus. <laughs> I'm talking about a nice charter bus with a toilet in it. 
just for us to go to acquire the fire and back. That was extravagant. That was not needed, all right? But my point is, like, the, the support of the parents and the support of the church was, it saw the value in investing into the youth. And I want you guys to hear this. Stephanie and the Fagans have been doing a phenomenal job leading our youth group. And, and I just want us to know this is not just a casual thing that we're doing because churches need youth groups. We're investing in kids because we believe that God has a destiny for them and that, that he wants to do revival. Amen? Yeah, praise the Lord for that. The world wants to eat your kids for lunch. And I'm not even joking. And they need to be poured into and getting, and getting poured into and strengthening one another. And I hope that the Lord will do such a move of God in our youth that they'll want to come to church services too. Imagine that. We're going somewhere as a church, and I want the whole oikos to be all in with us. Are you guys hearing me? God has big plans for this church. But, but it's going to take people saying, I believe in it, and I want to invest myself in seeing this thing succeed all the way through. I'm not just talking about the youth group now. I'm talking about the whole. We have amazing things going on in the children's ministry back there. I want our kids back there getting it. I, I, the, well, kids are learning how to hear the Lord and how to encounter the Lord throughout the week. They're getting great stuff back there. But God's, God's got huge things, and I just want to see us like be all in with this stuff as a church family where we're like, I, I know God's got greater things. How can I show up and see this thing succeed? Come on. There's so many other things I want to talk about and I'm realizing the clock is ticking. That, that clock... It, there's a verse that talks about how the, the Lord, for the, for the sake of the saints, he shortens the time at the end days or whatever, and I think he does that on Sunday mornings when I'm preaching. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me mark something on my notes because that's, that's next Sunday. <laughs> Hang on a second. All right. Yeah, I, I, I'm not done, but I, I need to cut other stuff out for next week. I, I just, I just want to say, like, the Lord's vision is oikos. It's not just church, not just mega church. It's not just what we call revival. Okay? It's not just showing up and doing what we think we need to do to get people to want to be there. He's trying to build a family that he can inhabit with his glory. And he wants, to, he wants us to be a place where there's so, there's, it's so healthy, it's so connected at a heart level. Like the, the, the spirit of the world has tried to erase out of, out of the Christian experience the concept of being knitted together in the spirit, one heart, one mind. Knitted together. The Bible talks about how the, how, how the body comes together and there's the, the parts and stuff. And it talks about the joints and the sinews and like every part connecting together. And the devil will do anything he can to try to disconnect and disjoint the spirits and the hearts of one another to where we, he's, he's reduced church down to let's just show up and do the stuff and, and then we go on our way and we just live our lives continuing to go after my thing I need to do. And the whole time Jesus is seeing his people and he's saying there's so much more for you than that. There, there's so much more that, that when we learn that we actually get more life by giving our life up for him and for one another, that's where fulfillment will come from.
when we, when we learn, I need to lay down my life in order to have life. I need to invest myself into the lives of those around me so that they will get their breakthroughs. Because I believe that when I give, the Lord will give back to me bountifully. And the Lord will surround me with people and they'll pour into me so I can get my breakthroughs. Because breakthroughs are a lot more powerful when you have unity on it than when you go it alone. And Jesus was very clear about this when he, when he taught, like, there's a lot of times when Jesus talks about when you, what you ask for in my name, I'll do for you, right? There's a lot of verses that, that talk about that. When, my, when, when, my, when you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you want and I'll do it for you. He says many things like that, but he specifically says that when two or three or more of you gather together in agreement, in my name I will be in the midst of you. And it doesn't just mean people just taking a minute and flippantly praying together. He's, he's talking about us knitting our heart with one another. Loving past the surface. Connecting to you and you connecting to me and us coming in agreement, coming in unity. He, he actually literally is hosted amongst us when we come together like this. I hope you guys hear the cry of my heart. Because there's just, things are great, there's so much more for us. There's, th there's so much greater things that God plans on doing. He, he dreams of a much richer level of unity, knitted of hearts. The more the hearts are knitted and the, and the spirits are unified in Jesus, the more his presence and his glory breakthroughs manifest in our midst. Did you hear me? We pray for glory. We pray for revival. We pray for an outpouring. And God's like, I want to do it too. I, I want to do it too. I, we pray for the Lord to transform the world. I want to do it too. But it's not like he's on hold until he decides to answer the prayer. He's actually waiting to see the body become everything it needs to be for him to fill it with everything he is. Listen to me. We can't wait for somebody else to do what Jesus needs to do to show up. It's your responsibility. <laughs> it's my responsibility. We can't be passively hoping that somebody else carries this to us. The hosting of his glory that he wants to do is actually just a response of us aligning with kingdom value systems. It just, it's a byproduct. He does it. He's waiting. He's actually, he's actually waiting intently to see if people are ready. And as soon as he sees an inkling of readiness, he's like, I'm going to meet you right where you're at. Oh, there's more. Here's more of me. Oh, you did, you're going farther. Here I am. More. The, the church of Acts probably was the most glorified visualization of what the church should look like in all of history. It was the most unified group of people in all of history. How you choose to invest yourself in one another in the name of Christ is going to determine how much he can show up in your midst. I'm telling you the truth. I want you guys to pray with me as we close for a couple of things, all right? If you guys can stand up. I had a lot more to say, but that's always a good thing because that means I already know where I'm going next week unless the Holy Spirit does something different. I want us to pray for the church, okay? How many of you guys, like, well, let me see if I want to ask it like that. I'm going to reframe this question. 
do you guys want everything that God has promised for his church to be manifested in our midst? Do you want to own the responsibility that's yours, partner with him in doing what he wants to do? Praise the Lord. I know not everybody in here has necessarily felt called to overflow church, but what we're going to pray is is for overflow. But if you if you're part of another church or you're searching, like just pray pray for your church or pray in general for the body of Christ on this. But um, there's this verse in Acts 16 where where Paul and I think Timothy maybe was in prison and. God did a miracle, shook the place, the prison doors open, the jailer's freaking out because he's about to get killed because they can't ever allow somebody to escape or it's on them. He's about to kill himself, and Paul's like, no, don't do that. We're here. You, you're not, you don't have to die. We're here. And then he's like, what must I do to be saved? <laughs> and then Paul said this to him. This is, is Acts 16.31. Paul said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. What is that word, household? Oikos, all right? You and your oikos. The Lord is an all-in God. He, he, he doesn't just want to save the one. He wants to save the family, right? And so, the, and save isn't just getting saved, it's sozo, so it's the holistic kingdom manifesting on all levels in a person's life to make them whole as God wants them whole, right? So we are oikos, right? And the Lord wants to save, not just save as in people getting, giving their life to the Lord, we want that, but also bringing the manifestation of heaven to bring wholeness to each person and each person's household, oikoses, your families, right? Now, now, I want you guys, let's be real for a second. We don't have everybody represented in the room that would call this their home church, okay? There, there's part of our oikos is not present. And, and as a matter of fact, let's be real, there's been, there's been people who have left the, over the time, and God's brought us new people, praise the Lord. But what if some people have left, but this is supposed to be their oikos? I'm not putting names on it. I'm just saying it. What if there are people who have left, but this was supposed to be their oikos? I think what we're, we're, if you know of something, and you can pray this quietly because we don't need to say names. But what I want to do is I want us to pray as a, as a family right now that the Lord, this is twofold. This is for the church family, and then this is for everybody's home, your, your home oikos, right? I want us to pray that the Lord is going to bring the manifestation of salvation to all the people that are supposed to be part of the oikos, that, that, that if, if there are people whose hearts have drifted or whatever, and the Lord wants to call them back home, I want us to pray for them. And, uh, and if you have family members that are not walking with the Lord, you and your oikos shall be saved, right? And so we want to believe together as a family for the families for breakthrough and for God to bring salvation to the homes. This is something that's on my heart on a regular basis for you guys. And I'm going to ask Jessica to come up here and pray with me too as we close and I want us to pray for the youth. I really believe that, that, that God wants to bring strength to the youth group and, to, and, and where there's been any passivity or anything with youth, that God will ignite their hearts on fire and that that will become a, a, an oikos tribal community with them to, 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 so that God can move in the youth. Amen? All right, Jessica. Why don't you lead us in prayer, and I'll, I might tag team with you. All right. God, I just thank you so much that you are a family God. <laughs> yeah, and we just pray right now for 
um, the family of overflow, Lord, that you would strengthen and build this family up. And Lord, if there are people who are not here that you have called to be a part of the family, we just say, come home. Yeah. Let's all just say, on the count of three, let's just say, come on home. One, two, three. Come on home. (laughs) Yeah. And we even just declare for our own families, Lord, that if there are any prodigals that have left you, or even if there's, um, I know that there's people who there's um, distance with family, God, we just declare a healing and a reconciliation in those families. Lord, as you have, it's not a coincidence that in the word you have called it a roof for the family. Lord, we just pray that... um, Every person, every home would have a a unity and a wholeness in their families. We thank you for that. We know this is your heart for us and our families, God. We just pray your Holy Spirit would touch each person, each prodigal right now, that their heart would be soft and quickened. Even just for the holidays, I feel like there's been expectation that I don't know what it is and Lord I just feel like part of that is there's going to be a coming home this holiday season for people there's going to be reconciliation this holiday season and we just say that you would do it now we don't have to wait for Thanksgiving day or we don't have to wait for Christmas day for it to happen that you would be at work now in Jesus name thank you Lord uh, if you, if there's somebody that the Lord's putting on your heart right now specifically, um, you don't have to say it out loud, but I want you just to, just to give that name to the Lord right now, and maybe it's multiple people for some of you, just speak the names to the Lord right now, whether it's in your family or people of this church or have been part of this church, whoever it be, um, just lift them up to the Lord. Lord, we we ask you to bless each person in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that you will awaken each person's heart to the things that matter to you. God, we understand, as far as the church goes, we understand that not everybody is necessarily called to be here. but, But if there are some who was called to be here, I ask you to reach out to them and and do a work in their hearts. Lord, but there's other people who haven't even come yet that I know you're calling to hear, and we pray for them too. Lord, we ask you to cover them, Lord. And, and Jessica just um, said that about the roof. It's a covering. Lord, we, we ask you to extend the covering of heaven over each person, Lord God, that's either supposed to be part of this church or in the homes, the people who aren't walking with you. Lord God, we ask you to cover them, and we ask you to... Um, Cancel any of the the influences of the enemy that tries to either bring confusion or deception in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you would that you would block any voice of the enemy on any of their lives. And I rebuke any of the lies of the devil on any of these people right now in Jesus' name. Lord, cover them in the blood of Jesus. And we ask you to awaken their hearts, Lord God. We ask you to put conviction and a drive in them to do what's right. Lord God, to come to you and to, and to make their life right, Lord God. Whatever it is, if there's sins, we ask you just to break the powers of that in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for people to come to repentance and just to fully devote their lives to you. And we pray for revival in the homes, Lord, in the households, in Jesus' name. Now, can you guys un- just take a moment and just, if you have a prayer language, pray in the Spirit, uh, but, but aim, aim your prayers. If you don't have a prayer language, and just start calling it out. But I want you guys just to start speaking. If the Holy Spirit gives you specific things to say, just start, just start speaking it out over these situations right now, just for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Shika Marobo Ramana Marabasikia de Atotea. 
God, we do pray for revival, Lord God, that, that'll, that'll hit the homes, that'll hit our church, that'll hit this region. We pray for revival, Lord God, that hearts will be completely awakened to you and, and that people will come fully into uh, alignment with you, God, and that the power of God and the glory and the love of Christ will just impact people, massive and radical transformations, Lord God fully yielded to you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Everybody says, Amen. Amen.